I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costin. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Oh, and there goes the camera. <laughs> Along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor slash best boy, Matt Moniz, <laughs> who's over there repositioning the Spooky TV camera. We are broadcasting on WBSM and on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, and uh, we're doing our best <laughs> with that wide shot camera. Uh, but uh, we are here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night, and we do have an action-packed show for you tonight because we're basically going to be talking to a whole bunch of people in a whole little amount of time. So uh, stay tuned for this one. You're not going to want to miss it, especially if you're watching on Spooky TV, because right now you're looking at uh, the down shot, as we call it. That's all right, though, because I'll just go close-up cam. We are going to be talking about the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair here in the first hour. We have uh, Tiffany Rice in the studio. She is going to be there. She's going to be speaking and, and doing some readings and all kinds of things. She's going to be signing autographs, you know, now that she's a big-time star, host of Spirit Connections on Spooky no, TV. No. I will be signing autographs, though. There you go. And uh, we also have Steve Perry here. He's uh, the organizer of the event. We'll be talking about that. We also have on the phone, joining us in just a couple minutes, Christian White of Haunted Rhode Island, and he's going to be passing the phone off to uh, Brian Hanwa and Jason Mayo, who are on that program with them. A great, great show. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet on PBS, they've been running it. They're going to be running it again next month, and you'll get your chance to see it tomorrow at uh, the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. And then in hour two, we're going to be talking with Marie D. Jones about her new book, Destiny versus Choice. If you've read any of Marie's books, you know she takes these really big topics and boils them down so us normal folks can understand them. So uh, we'll be talking about that in the second hour. But uh, in the first hour here, we're going to be talking about this event coming up tomorrow. I don't know, Moniz. I, I took that shot off a long time ago. Yeah, we're good. That'll work. Uh, so we're going to be giving away some tickets, too, here on the show. We've been doing that for the last... Steve's like looking at me like, no. No, we're not. You're done with tickets. No, <laughs> He's like, good. you gave away all your tickets. Uh, but we uh, will be doing that. We'll also be giving away Marie's book, too. I have an extra copy. So stay tuned for your chance to win that. But, Steve, uh, I, uh, we know you from the South Coast Toy and Comic Show, and you've been doing a great job with that over the last few years. What made you want to get in this crazy community that's called the paranormal? Well, I saw there was a niche that needed to be filled for shows in the local area. You were handling the radio part. We figured we'd handle out the local convention part for you. Well, and, and you definitely uh, have a handle on the running of the conventions. Those go so smooth. But now you're bringing in the paranormal element, so... By nature, it just means things aren't going to go well. Yeah, probably. But we're expecting a few glitches, but everything should go smooth. All right. Well, uh, it is tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Seaport Inn and Marina. That's at 110 Middle Street in Fairhaven? That's right. All right. I'm surprised I have that uh, memorized. And you can go to SC Paranormal Fair with an E at the end, scparanormalfair.com for more information. It's also linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com, and it's on our Facebook and all kinds of stuff. So you will be able to find out all the information there. We're going to go down. We're going to give a rundown of all the guests that are going to be on the sh- uh, at the event a little bit later on. But first, let's go to the phones and bring in Christian, Jason, and Brian from Haunted R.I. Uh, good evening. How are you guys doing? Hey, Tim. How's it going, man? This is Jason. Hey, Jason. Nice to have you back on the show. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. It's great to be back. Sorry we couldn't join you in the studio. We're actually coming from an event in Norwood right now. So running a little bit behind, but we're looking forward to tomorrow. 
and uh, and I mean, already now the show has aired a couple of times on Rhode Island's PBS station, and I'm sure people all over the world have been asking how they can see it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's had a great response in Rhode Island, and um, people outside that are obviously fans of Brian have been asking, you know, how can we see this? And uh, we set up an online viewing. Um, if you go to the Rhode Island PBS website and uh, just follow the link to Haunted RI, and you'll be able to check it out for a small donation. But it is, it's also supposed to be screening tomorrow, I believe. So if you're a worldly traveler and you want to come down, certainly come to Fairhaven tomorrow. And uh, it'll be uh, airing about 1 o'clock uh, here on the lineup. And then uh, after that, there'll be a special preview showing of, of Weird Vibes. Well, what's that project all about? Weird Vibes. Um, actually, a guy named Brad Michael Rousseau up in New York had invited Brian and I to a location. Um, so he filmed that for his documentary, Weird Vibes, and came out pretty cool. I haven't seen the finished product, but I um, experienced the house firsthand. And the story behind that is a uh, teenage boy had committed suicide in a specific room in the house. And uh, we got some, some weird vibes in that room, definitely. So I'm, I'm anxious to see the final result. Now, uh, how, did, how did Haunted R.I. come about? Because, you know, we know you from your work with the Tales of Rocky Point Park comic book and some of your work in Tabs Power Magazine, but how did Haunted R.I. come about? Well, actually, I was a um, former intern when I was going to college. I did an intern at Rhode Island PBS, and um, I had always kept in touch, and I had had to drop off some comics, actually, for a fundraiser. And I kind of pitched them the idea of doing something new for Halloween. Um, they had a documentary that they were showing for a while, and um, they had said that they wanted to do something new. Well, so, Was that that one that's narrated by Doug Palmieri? Yes, it is. It's uh, <laughs> Ghost and Vampire Legends of New England. I think I've seen that about 47 times. Yeah, it's, it's, shown, it's shown a lot over the years, so... You know, no offense to that film, but we, we wanted to just do something new, and... Um, sure. I, my friend Christian White, who's also on the show, he's a local filmmaker and comic book artist as well that I've been working with on films. Um, we we got involved and then certainly asked Brian, Brian Harnois, and um, he said, you know, we've, we've got so many haunts and legends in Rhode Island itself that the that's a whole series that we could do, so... Mm-hmm. What we tried to do is um, really focus on some of the history of these legends in Rhode Island and try to prove the facts behind them. So if we can prove the facts, the, the theory is that maybe we can prove the truth behind some of the hauntings. And, and that's what I liked about the show is it's different than a lot of the paranormal television that you see today where people are all about debunking and they're all about bringing the science into it and in some cases more of a religious bend. And with Haunted R.I., you're focusing on that legend. I mean, you're telling the entire story, and then you're trying to dig down and see how much of that story is truth, and that, I think, is a, a great format. Well, thank you very much. I mean, that's it certainly stems from the, the Rocky Point comic. I mean, when I was researching all these urban legends and actually found out they were true, it, it definitely lent uh, my imagination to, to Haunted R.I., so... And uh, in the first episode, you focused on Mercy Brown and Ramtail, and uh, there's there's plenty of other places for you to go. I mean, wh- what are you eyeing for future episodes? 
Yeah, um, I'm sorry, I missed that last part just because we're we're actually driving right now. So I, I just was wondering if the if you could let us in on some of the places you might have planned for future editions. Well, there's there's a few, um, and we can't tell too much because I know Tiffany's listening listening, and we're <laughs> we're hopefully going to bring her out to one of these locations, and she doesn't want to know anything about them. So that being said, um, I could tell you about. You know, Rhode Island's got so many different haunts. I mean, you know, people have asked us, can we get into lad school? Can you do something about lad school? Um, There's a legend of Dolly Cole, who was a witch, or a supposed witch that was murdered back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the Freddy Fingernail legend, which Wes Craven may have uh, been inspired to create Mr. Kruger after. So and and Tiffany, you're going to be joining them on on some cases. Is that the plan? I, would, I will. I think I'm going to be doing episode three, right, guys? Episode three. Yeah, absolutely. I can yeah. tell you this much. I mean, after putting Tiffany on Spooky TV, she does help with the viewership numbers. So as great oh, as you've absolutely. already been doing, it's it's only going to go through the roof if you get her involved. Absolutely. Well, we we had a great time on her show the other night. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, Tim, but we were all very giggly. <laughs> I did. I saw it. It was a good time. You really should watch it. Oh yeah, you 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 were in the chat room, weren't you? I was. I was. Uh, sometimes I like to jump in there and and stir up trouble. That's what I like. Trouble. And Steve, it's a natural fit for you to bring these guys in because the buzz is there. People are talking about this show, and here's a chance to to bring them face to face. You know, they're just everybody knows Brian, but they're just starting to get out there as the Haunted RI group. So it's it's a it's a really good chance for for the South Coast fans to to get up close and personal with them. Yes, definitely, it is a, best, a great time for them to come in and meet everybody that's involved in the Haunted RI show. Now you have, uh, I'm sorry, you'll have uh, DVDs and stuff there for sale, Jason. Yeah, we got uh, we got Rocky Point comics. We got your DVDs. We got all Haunted RI merch for you. So it, we, it's going to be it's going to be a great show, and I I'm just really looking forward to it. Now, uh, what I'm excited about is seeing the reaction of people who haven't seen this yet as they're watching it, because uh, if when they see the direction that you're going, I think you're going to have a lot of people that are kind of nodding and saying, yeah, yeah, that's what paranormal TV is missing right now. Um, is, was that a conscious decision amongst yourselves to try, to try to focus on that aspect of it, or did it just come about because of the stories that you were working on? Well, no, I think, I think you know, I think we can all agree that, you know, Paranormal TV, paranormal television itself is pretty saturated, and you see a lot of the same format uh, lately. So, you know, we we were focusing on the history. We knew we didn't want to emulate any of those shows, um, but obviously, keep it in the field. But um, yeah, we 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 definitely were trying to break the mold a little bit and, and show people a new way of kind of viewing these hauntings and a new way of investigating. And what I like, too, is that you're bringing in a lot of the people that we've been talking to for years on this show who know these legends, who know these cases, uh, but they might not get the chance to talk about them on some of these other paranormal reality shows because it's too much of a legend for some for some of these shows to investigate. So you have you know Keith Johnson talking about Mercy Brown. You have Tom D'Agostino talking about Ramtail. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're paying just as much attention... Uh, to what might be story uh, as opposed to just what's fact. Exactly. And, and I mean, these, these guys, these, these authors, both Tom and Keith, are definitely experts in not only the paranormal, but in Rhode Island's history. And uh, 
you know, wear off the start and, and get the story from the guys who know it the best. Especially Tom, when it comes to Ramtail, I mean, nobody knows the stuff that he knows about that case. Absolutely. I mean, he did so much research, and he was so uh, generous in letting us see, you know. And, and that was the interesting about Ramtail, is you hear this story, and then Tom goes out and collects, well, yes, there was a Pay Lake Walker, and there was someone who died. And yes, the 1885 census declared Ramtail Factory as haunted in Rhode Island, so... Those are the facts. Now, how, how is this going to work with PBS and, and future airings? I mean, uh, obviously the Rhode Island station is, is definitely behind it and definitely wants to air it. Is there a chance that other PBS stations could pick it up as well? Well, we, we've gotten some, some comments like that. A lot of people over the country want to see it. So um, we just got picked up to do uh, five more episodes on PBS. So those will be filmed within the next six months and um, aired throughout probably the year. Um, from there, yeah, we can certainly try to get PBSs around the, the country. That would be great. Because I could just see as it goes to more PBS networks, you know, now you got to expand it beyond Rhode Island and get out into some of those areas and investigate their local legends. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to. Well, you know when you guys are ready to come into Massachusetts, we've got plenty of, plenty of places to bring you along to, including... The Fearing Tavern, uh, 1690 Tavern, uh, right in our hometown of Wareham. you got to come check that place out. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely pick your brain on it tomorrow, definitely, Tim. All right. Well, we'll let you guys go so that you can travel safely, and we'll see you tomorrow at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. Uh, again, that'll be Jason Mayo, Christian White, and Brian Harnois of Haunted R.I. Thanks for, for taking a few minutes to join us. All right. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, if you haven't seen Haunted R.I. yet, this is your chance. Uh, you can see it at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair at 1 p.m. There'll be a sneak preview of that show. And uh, how mu- do you know how much of the show they're going to be showing, Steve, or are they going to show one case, one part of it? Um, from what I believe, they're going to show an hour's worth. So. All right, so. So probably the whole show. That's pretty good. And, uh, and then they have at 2 p.m. a s- special sneak preview of the Weird Vibes documentary that they were talking about as well. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, in the, in the middle of the action of what's planned here. Right. Uh, I want to open things up with a presentation on Ghosts of the South Coast because I am acting as the host. I, I made sure that I, uh, you know, got my suit pressed and, you know, I should, I should look presentable. I thought you said tuxedo. The tuxedo doesn't fit anymore. Oh, all right. We'll let you slide this time. It's uh, you know, what happens is I wore it to other events and they fed me at those events, and so slowly the tuxedo gotcha. no longer fit. So Plus, it was just it was just a T-shirt anyway with a tuxedo printed on. Oh, well, all right then. I stole it from Belanger. That's why it doesn't fit. <laughs> but uh, so I'll talk. I'll open things up. Uh, the event starts at eleven. The first lecture is scheduled for eleven thirty, and then after that will be Tiffany talking about an introduction to psychics and readings, and she's not going to introduce you to every psychic. Right. But she's going to introduce you to the idea of psychic abilities and, and how to do readings. And when what's the plan, Tiffany? Are you going to let out all the secrets? Um, all secrets will be exposed. There you go. Okay. So basically, what she's going to tell you is she's going to tell you how to tap into that extra mm-hmm. wavelength and how to get your mind up there, and then uh, you can go home and practice for yourself. And uh, then you're gonna are you gonna be doing some readings after that? Is that part I'm of the plan? I'm actually not gonna be doing any okay. readings. But they but. can they can <laughs> certainly contact you exactly. for some of the you know some of the uh, things that you have planned, including exactly. you have something coming up uh, in November. Yes, I do. Uh, November fifth, Spirit Connections is Spirit Connections event that I'm holding in East Bridgewater, and I don't know where to look. 
I'm so used to looking <laughs> oh, we're, at the, we're, the Ustream. Yeah. Okay. We're in the wide so camera right now. Me, okay. I'm going to give you a close-up shot. So. Oh, good. Go I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that you chose that. Um, so I look at this camera. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Saturday, November 5th in East Bridgewater. It's called The Center. The address is actually 36 North Bedford Street. Uh, I'm going to have my own event, and it's from 11 to 7, and I'm going to be hosting it. And Andrew Lake, I believe you guys had him on a couple weeks ago. Andrew Lake's going to be there doing a presentation. I'm going to have Brian, Jay, and Christian there as well. Um, there's also going to be Karen Rando and Joanne Woods-Young and um, a whole bunch of people just doing presentations, just being there in case you want to meet them. It's pretty much everybody that I've had on my show since April when it first premiered. So I'm going to have everybody I possibly can there. Also, if you're interested in doing having a reading, there's going to be readers that I've had on. They're going to be Terry Jamros. I know she's going to be doing angel cards. Mandy Avery's doing animal medicine cards. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. It's $8, and it's from 11 to 7. So definitely, if you get a chance, head into East Bridgewater at the center. Again, that's November 5th. If you have any questions, go to my Spirit Medium Tiffany page on Facebook, and that's where I always update everything. Or they can but, come and talk to you tomorrow. At oh, the yeah, South come. Exactly, like exactly. She'll have all that information to. with her. you got to watch for this one, Steve. She's, she's going to be an event promoter that. of her own. No. Here. i got to keep an eye on you. <laughs> she's, she's been doing doing Spirit Connections on Spooky TV for, like, what, less than a year now? Since April. And the already, end of April. Already she's putting on more successful events than we are. No, <laughs> no. This, this will be my first event, my very first event, so I'm really nervous about it. So I really hope everybody... Takes Don't, an initiative and come and checks it out. So. It's going to be great. And, and she'll have all that information uh, tomorrow uh, at the Seaport Inn. Uh, some of the other speakers that are planned for tomorrow, uh, Andrew Graham, you know him from Near, and uh, he started the New Hampshire Near, right? Yes, he did. And uh, he's going to be talking about quantum physics, string theory, and the paranormal from 1230 to 1. And let me tell you, that's a lot to cover in a half an hour. Uh, quantum physics and string theory. So if, you, if you're if you wondering about that and how it relates to the paranormal, we've talked about it a few times on the show, but Andrew will explain all that for you. Uh, then again, the sneak preview of Haunted R.I. and Weird Vibes. Then at 3 o'clock, John Brightman and Kristen Good are going to team up for a Bridgewater Triangle discussion, which is going to be fascinating, I know, because John is involved with a lot of the more modern cases and a lot of the more modern reports coming out of the Triangle, and Kristen is in the library along with her partner, Manny Familaria, and they're digging through all the newspapers and the microfiche and all that stuff, and they're getting some of the real historical accounts. And uh, some of the things that they've told me off the air is fascinating from their research. So I'm interested to see uh, what, what Kristen is going to be bringing to that discussion with John Brightman. Then at 4 o'clock, Ken DeCosta will be talking about cryptoids and Maybe we can even have a few of them on hand. Moniz, wrangle some up. All right. <laughs> See if you can bring in, you know, a Bigfoot would be nice. Not a problem. You know, uh, like Chupacabra or two? Yeah, if you can. Just a couple of them. Okay. I, like, I like those. Okay. Yeah. We'll put like them. take one home. Yes. Now, do you want the uh, Texan, you know, like coyote Chupacabra, or do you want the original Puerto Rican, like, lizard person Chupacabra? A couple of each. Okay, you know, we're one of each. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the second one's a little bit smaller, right? Yeah, a bit. I could, probably, if, I could probably fit them in my pocket. Uh, no. No, he's not it, that? They're, they're a little spiky, so uh, you don't want to do yeah, that. You, don't you have to get one of those little bags. Like uh, the dog well, we'll put the bags. top hat and cane on Bigfoot. We'll make him perform putting on the Ritz. Yeah. Uh, then at 4.30, Mike Markowitz. Taco. Our friend, there you go. <laughs> Our friend Mike Markowitz is going to be talking about some of the uh, evidence that he gathered in an investigation of the Seaport Inn, which is key. You don't want to miss that. Because there's the chance to purchase the extra ticket to go on the ghost hunt after the event, 
Uh, after the thing wraps up at 7 o'clock, there will be a private investigation of the Seaport Inn with Brian and Shannon and, and Keith. And Keith, I believe, yes. Keith and Sandra. So there you go. Uh, and that's available for $110 uh, tomorrow. Correct. In addition to the, the $10 ticket to get into the event. And uh, then at 5 o'clock, as we mentioned, Keith and Sandra Johnson, they're going to be presenting Demonology 101. Now, I have yet to see this presentation, uh, and this is what I'm really interested in because we've had Keith on, and his encyclopedic knowledge of demons always fascinates me. So if you can teach me just a little bit of that, I'll be impressed because he, he just knows everything, really. Uh, and not just uh, not just uh, Christian belief demonology. He knows uh, kind of across the board. Uh, then at 5.30 p.m., Derek Gunn will be talking about Amazing Massachusetts. And then at 6 p.m. will be Roxy Zwicker talking about New England curiosities. Correct. So that's a full slate of, uh, of presentations tomorrow. Again, it starts at 11 a.m. at the Seaport Inn, 110 Middle Street in Fairhaven. And... The, while the lectures are going on, you're going to have so much other stuff happening around the Seaport Inn uh, Convention Center there. What are some of the other things that people can uh, Well, we have out? a vast variety of uh, vendors bringing in numerous different types of items. Um, every, all of the presenters will be there as well to speak with you, and a lot of authors will be on hand. Um, there are also psychic readers and Reiki going on as well. And so for a little bit of an extra charge, people can have a, a psychic reading yes, or a Reiki? Yes, they can. And uh, I know that... Uh, as we mentioned, Mike Markowitz is going to be there. Uh, he'll be, he'll have his book, EVP, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices. Andrew Lake will be there with his brand new book, Ghost Hunting Southern New England. And Tom D'Agostino will be there probably with every book that he's done, and that's a whole bunch of them. Uh, everything from haunted New Hampshire to haunted Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And What are some of the other titles, Matt, that he's got? Uh, Ghost Ships. Um, there's, he's got, what, seven or eight of them. Yeah. Uh, he's... He's prolific, let's put it that way. And and you'll be able to talk with him about his work on the Ramtail case, as will be seen in uh, Haunted R.I. So uh, if you've been involved in the paranormal in this area for a long time and you need to, to get involved uh, with networking with a lot of groups and with a lot of people, this is the event to come to because everybody's going to be there. It's your chance to, to kind of uh, get your name out there and to exchange information, you know, bring plenty of business cards and <laughs> uh, wear your group's T-shirt and everything else. But also, if you're not part of the community and you want to find out more about the paranormal, it's going it's to be a great opportunity to do that, too, because this isn't just geared toward people who are already in the know. This is geared toward people who want to know. So it's your chance to come down, meet some of these people, and find out more about it. Whether you're a true believer or whether you're a hardened skeptic, it's guaranteed that you're going to have a good time at this event. And uh, the website, again, is scparanormalfair, with an E, dot com, uh, if you want to find out more about what's going on. And uh, also, Steve, I want to give you the chance to mention, too, coming up in November, you have another South Coast Toy and Comic Show. Yes, we do. We have another Toy and Comic Show coming up November 6th. And uh, who's on the docket for that one? Um, as of right now, we have Jackson Bostwick, who used to play Shazam on the TV series. We also have... Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I apologize. Uh, Shane Douglas, um, WCW and ECW yeah. wrestler. We have Gerald Holm, who played the Squidhead T-Sick and one of the um, Calamari characters in Return of the Jedi. And we have a couple other people that we're working on right now. I can't release them yet. We're just about ready to release them. And as soon as I can, they'll be right up on the site. Can you give, can you give us some kind of hint? It's, are we talking from the... Uh, 
science fiction world. We have from one the... from science fiction and one from the wrestling world. There you go. All yeah. right. And uh, Mr. Holm, I, I want to talk to him about his work uh, operating Audrey 2 in Little yes, Shop of Horrors. Actually, that is right. He was on Little Shop of Horrors as well. One of my favorite movies ever and one that I quote often. And uh, I still think one of the most genius moments in the history of Family Guy was that entire shot-by-shot recreation with Herbert of the uh, yeah, the Audrey that. dream sequence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we could geek out all night talking about this <laughs> stuff. But you'll get your chance tomorrow to geek out at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. And uh, if, if you want to win tickets, we're going to be giving some away here. Yes. Uh, we have had a few winners over the last few weeks. But it doesn't matter if you win the tickets or not because they're only $10 at the door. So it's a family-friendly event. It's, uh, yes, it it's very affordable. Uh, and it's a chance to really get out there and meet these people. Who knows? Maybe you're going to go in there having never been involved in the paranormal but always had an interest in it. You're going to leave there joining a paranormal group. Uh, Matt Moniz is giving me a look like uh, you know, he's, he's willing to take people under his <laughs> he'll, wing. He'll be signing up people all day. Yeah. Are, we gonna, um, are you going to take callers to win? Like caller number seven? We, we may. She picked number seven. so we're gonna have to Well, I think that seven. sounds like fun. Well, she picked, Let's she, spice it up a little, Tim. She You've picked always the number. Say that. Colin number seven will win today. I, I know. Luckily for you, Tiffany, you're a spirit medium, and you you speak more with the deceased and those who have passed on <laughs> instead of predict the future. Because then I'd be putting you on the spot and I'd be like, "Tell me who caller seven's going to be." Uh, but wouldn't but, that that would actually? And this is something that we'll talk about later on. We talk about destiny versus free will. But wouldn't that kind of uh, muddy the waters if you said who it was going to be? Wouldn't that kind of? Yeah, it probably wouldn't be much fun because yeah. then, yeah. I, yeah. But what if that person hears that they win and then they don't call? I know. See? You you just never know. It's a vicious cycle. We had a question in the chat room. Somebody wanted to know what you think of Sylvia Brown. Now, I know you're not going to want to disparage another person in the field directly, but I will rephrase that question and ask you, what do you think when somebody puts themselves out there like Sylvia Brown has and promotes herself as being this, you know, just phenomenal psychic and then has a whole bunch of misses in a row what what do you think about that about putting yourself and and putting your neck out on the line like that and then having to come back to bite you well um i i know i've been i've experimented not experiment experience sorry um some readings where the energy just wasn't connecting so to speak so it might not have been a great reading or um a lot of times i get information and it's usually things that you need to hear, not exactly what you want to hear. So that person that I'm giving a reading to may interpret that as having a, a bad reading um, because it's not exactly the information that they want to hear or it's someone that they don't want to hear from. Um, but I know with Sylvia Brown, there's a little, um, I guess you'd call it scandalous. But um, Well, part, part of that problem, though, is that you cross the line and uh, I, I was just watching the movie Hereafter. I love that movie. Don't, don't ruin the end for me because I only made it halfway through. Okay, no, but it's a really good movie. And I thought of myself as Matt Damon drinking wine by myself. <laughs> and and also learn, learn <laughs> Italian cooking, too. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you don't oh, have I to take a class. I love that part, yeah. too. But uh, I, I was thinking about the fact that you know it started to weigh on him all the time mm-hmm. of the fact that people were constantly wanting readings. People were constantly wanting... To make those it's, connections. It's the expectation of, of certain people. And uh, just like I just recently s- just said, it's a lot of times people will w- go into a reading expecting to hear from a certain person or expecting to hear a certain message. And I, I can't say it enough. It's always nine out of ten times, ten out of ten times, I'll go out on a limb and say that. 
It's messages that you need to hear, people that you need to hear from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had readings where I've been dead on, no pun intended, but I've been dead on with readings, and um, the person that I'm giving a reading to would ask, well, if it really was the person that you're speaking to, he would tell you what my nickname is. And, um, it, you know, it just doesn't work that way. I wish it did. I, I really do. But um, they usually give me messages for the person, and it's usually things that, again, that they need to hear. And do you find that uh, when you're interacting with people on a daily basis, and we talked about this on mm-hmm. your show, but do you find that, uh, you know, people, they know that you have these abilities and they know that you're sensitive to these things. Absolutely. And so they're constantly Absolutely. plugging you for things. <laughs> like, they won't, they won't just be like... Uh, gee, Tiff, can you contact my grandfather and see if he can come through and give me a message? They probably say more to you things like, gee, I wonder what my grandfather's doing right now up in heaven. Absolutely. They'll say that. Or even they, because I, even though I say that I'm a spirit medium, I do, I'm intuitive. So I do get a lot of, um, present day psychic type information as well. So a lot of times, for instance, um, one of my friends at work is always asking and she just recently last week said, Tiff. I need you to tap into your psyche sense. All right, so where are my rings? I left my rings somewhere. And so I told her, and I, she, she, I don't know if she looked for them or whatever, but she and your, psych- up- your psychic answer to that, by the way, was they're in the place where you last left them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but no, I didn't. <laughs> but anyways, I got a text this morning, and she said, you were absolutely right. They were right behind the thermostat where you said. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, some, I'm not going to say that it's 100%, but just sometimes you, my, if you just go with your gut, you trust your gut, and you, you follow your intuition. How do you feel about the question when somebody asks you, uh, you know, I'm going to do this, what do you think? Because do you think that they're asking you when they say, what do you think? They're asking you as a friend, <laughs> and they're asking you for your opinion, or are they asking you as, you know, spirit medium Tiffany, and they want kind of well, what's going to be the end result of this? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I've had people that I'm close friends with will say, all right, you know what, I don't need Tiff right now. I really need spirit medium Tiff right now. So if you can just help me out. And then, <laughs> and spirit, then, and then. spirit medium Tiff says, well, I get Flip, $5 yeah. for every 10-minute reading. So, yeah. Flip the switch. Here I go. Yeah. But um, a lot of times, too, if, if I am close with, with somebody, I will. If I know that something's going on that's just not right, I'll go over and give them the, the freakish stare that I usually give people, and I'll say, okay, so this is what I'm getting, and stop me if you don't want to hear this, but I am getting some messages. So, um, again, it's usually people that I'm really good friends with, people that I work with on a day-to-day basis. See, you're probably my my closest friend that has these abilities and is out there publicly with these abilities, Uh and I've told you from the beginning, if anything comes through and you feel like you need to say it, say it, but otherwise, you know, because I I worry kind of like Matt Damon's character, in, in that film hereafter that, you know, you're going to know everything about me before I have the chance to tell you. And what's the fun of being friends with somebody if right. you know everything up front? And so right. do you find, like, sometimes you have to try to turn away from some of this when, when you're dealing with people? I, I mean, before I do every reading, I always kind of set the tone. So if I'm going to go out with friends or, you know, just have a good time, I'm, I'm not usually tuned into anything or I, I try not to be. Um, it's pretty much at my leisure. If I want to tune in, I can. So say if... You and I were hanging out, and all of a sudden, you were like, "You know what? I just want, you know, just want to know about my grandfather." For instance, I could easily kind of just flip the switch. Well, so, I mean, you're still friends with Moniz, and you must know by now about his collection of magazines and videos that he keeps under his bed. <laughs> Leave fate alone. <laughs> I didn't realize fate had farm animals on the cover every month. <laughs> Cattle mutilations. That's okay, what okay. it is. Oh, just mutilations. That's. That, yeah, that's just the typical normal stuff. 
All right. Well, uh, we are talking, of course, about the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair that's happening tomorrow. Should we say the first annual, Steve? Is that yes? That would be perfectly correct. All right. I don't know if uh, if you want to wait and get through the. Get through tomorrow first before we say that. But I think we'll be okay. All right, and uh, the, the, of course, if you haven't been to the Seaport Inn, it's a it's a lovely place. Stephanie's over there; she can attest to that. It's a it's a lovely place to have a wedding or any other kind of event. And uh, there's all kinds of things going on there all the time. But that is the home of Steve's events: the South Coast Toy and Comic Show, the Paranormal and Psychic Fair. And uh, there's so many things going on: psychics, Reiki. We're gonna have spirit mediums there. We're gonna have palm readers, tarot readers. Angel readers, aura photography, authors, celebrity guests. In some of our cases, we use the word celebrity very loosely. In other cases, they're bona fide celebrities. You'll get your chance to meet Brian Harnois from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, Shin and Sylvia from Ghost Hunters International and Power Rock TV, and Keith and Sandra Johnson, who you've seen on Ghost Hunters and Paranormal State. And, uh, of course, they're authors of their own book, Paranormal, Paranormal Realities, Paranormal Realities 2, and they host Ghost Near, uh, which you can watch online if you're not in the Rhode Island area. So it's going to be raining too. So yeah, what else are you going to do? Exactly. Go spend the day inside. Meet all these Just people. Just hang out, you know. What 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 I'm excited about too is the chance that there's going to be a lot of people who go to this event because they want to meet some of these people who have been on TV. Right. They want to see you know these people up close and personal, but then they're going to get the chance to talk to somebody like John Brightman, Kristen Good, Ken DeCosta, Andrew Graham, people who they might not know who are contributing a lot to the paranormal community like if you've never heard some of mike markowitz's evidence that he's captured wait until you have the chance to hear it in person and then you get to pick his brain afterward and talk to him about his theories on this and it's it's not the stuff that you see regurgitated on these reality shows all the time these are people who are actively you know i mean i'm not i'm not disparaging anybody who are on these shows but they kind of get into a groove of what works for them and they're heading out there you know, they're doing these shows six months out of the year, so they don't have the time to really uh, step outside of that and try new experimentation. Guys like Mike Markowitz are out there constantly trying to find new and improved ways of getting EVPs. I think every time we talk to him, he's got something new that he wants to show us, some new piece of equipment, uh, everything from the highest end possible to the lowest end, things that you wouldn't think of. So uh, to get out there and actually hear from people who are actively in the field, people who are out investigating every weekend, people like Tom D'Agostino who not only live with it <laughs> and experience it on a 24-hour basis, but are also uh, researching, going back there and finding these, uh, these old historical cases and bringing that to the limelight. I, I just think it's going to be a great time. I'm, I'm actually a little concerned that there's going to be so much going on that I won't get to see everything that's happening. Yeah, you're going to have to run around like crazy tomorrow, Sam. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I, that's, that's what I signed up for, and I'm happy to do it. Uh, but I'm, I'm also excited to see what uh, some of these presentations are going to be. And if you are thinking about, as I mentioned before, if you're thinking about getting involved in the paranormal, this is the place to come and learn. These are the people that you want to meet. And I know personally almost everybody that's going to be there speaking. And I got to tell you, you couldn't put a nicer group of people in a room together. Uh, these people are going to be more than willing to help. Uh, so, you know, somebody like Tiffany, they can't help but help. That's their job. But uh, some of these people are going to be more than happy to give you their expertise and, and give you advice and, and help you get your – I know that over the course of the year, the years that we've been doing this show, we've hooked people up with other people and said, you know, why don't you get involved with this group and get involved. And this is just going to be all those people coming together like one family. <clears throat> so it's going to be a good time. And, Steve, I'm going to let you give away a pair of tickets. Yeah. All right. Do it. Do it. Okay. 
How are we doing this? Are we calling in? What are we doing? Yeah, we'll have people call in, and uh, and, and right, Tiffany call wants caller seven. Caller number seven. Which is, uh, by the way, we should have warned you when you said that that we have to. We don't have the technology to like take these calls oh. in another room and just put caller seven through. So we're just going to go through seven calls right here on the air. And you Let's can't just hang it. up on them when you know. Let's like, do it. Let's yeah, do we it. Have to say caller one, try again. Caller two, try again. But the numbers are 508 996 0500, 1 996 1420. If you call in right now, you can get a pair of tickets to the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair tomorrow from 11 to 7. And look at those phone lines light up. Everybody, you know what it is? Is everybody already bought their tickets in advance? That's what it is. Yeah. They already bought their tickets. Our audience knows. And online ticket sales are available till midnight tonight. Are you still giving the discount until midnight? Yep, until midnight. So until then, you can get it for nine dollars if you go online and buy it at se paranormal fair. Uh, that's with an e dot com. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll leave that contest open during the break because we are coming up on the end of the hour. Uh, when we come back, we will talk with Marie D. Jones. She's the author of Destiny versus Choice, the scientific and spiritual evidence behind fate and free will. And uh, if you've ever read any of Marie's books, as I mentioned earlier in the show, she takes these big, huge topics and boils them down for the common person to understand. And uh, this is definitely another one of those books. So we're going to talk about Destiny versus Choice. Is it your destiny to go to the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair tomorrow? <laughs> or are you going to make that choice freely and of your own decision? It doesn't matter. Whatever you believe in, just get down there. 11 to 7 at the Seaport Inn and Marina, 110 Middle Street in Fairhaven. Uh, all the information is up on scparanormalfair.com, linked up on spookysouthcoast.com as well. Uh, and, and, of course, I know, Steve, you got to get out of here because you're getting up early tomorrow morning to, to put all this stuff together. But Yes, very early. So we'll let you go and we'll let you go to bed. Oh, Tiffany, no you're welcome to stay with us if you want during the next hour and talk about Destiny versus Choice with Marie D. Jones. And uh, we'll also take your calls as well. Uh, so, again, if you want to win those tickets, the number is 508-996-0500, uh, We'll give the tickets away to caller 7, and uh, we'll do that during the break. And just a quick mention, tickets are available while we're, you know, telling people to buy tickets online for all kinds of things. Tickets are available for Haunted History Night, October 15th in Wareham. Uh, you're going to get your chance to investigate the Fearing Tavern, as well as a few other buildings associated with the Wareham Historical Society, which have never been investigated before at all. The Nail Factory? We're working you, on that. Okay, We're still waiting to hear okay. about the Nail Factory, but uh, there's going to be at least four buildings for you to investigate, as well as lectures. Jeff Belanger is going to be there. Andrew Lake is going to be there. And uh, we're going to have lectures. We're going to have dinner. Uh, we're going to have uh, all kinds of fun and excitement. Plus, you're going to get... Oh, about five or six hours of investigation in these buildings. So it's going to be a very unique experience. $99 per ticket. They're available on SpookySouthCoast.com. I'll have some tickets tomorrow uh, at the uh, South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair, and we can make sure that everybody that wants to go can get signed up for that. Uh, Steve, you know, we'll definitely make sure that give us uh, all the information for the Toy and Comic Show, and we'll have that all up at, at that event too because definitely. that's what we do here. We all work together, and we all have fun doing it. It's so much easier that way. All right, so if you want to win those tickets, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. Call or 7 during the break. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. We have to get on. We have to get on. We have so much time and so little to do. Strike that. Reverse it. This way, please. Who's going to tell him? Let's not wake him. You'll find out soon enough. 
Let them have one last. The spooky South Coast is back. No one is safe. Hold on tight. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz. We are broadcasting live on WBSM and on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to click on the Spooky TV link there, you can see what's going on here in the Spooky Studio. We've got some guests here. We have Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke joining us because uh, we're going to be talking with Marie D. Jones about Destiny versus Choice, the scientific and spiritual evidence behind fate and free will. And uh, it, it's just another great book by Marie, and uh, let's bring her right on here. Uh, good evening, Marie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we are spooktaculars, we say here. And Marie, of course, is a, a best-selling author, screenwriter, researcher, radio show host, and public speaker. She's the co-host of the popular Dreamland radio show, and uh, she's also she spent 15 years as a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network in Los Angeles and San Diego and currently serves as Director of Special Projects to RPAST, the Arkansas Paranormal and Anomaly Studies team. And she's the author of so many great books that, Marie, what always impresses me, and I've said this uh, earlier on the show, you take these broad topics that are probably hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around, and you boil them down to something that everybody, even the dummies like us, can understand. (laughs) And it's just amazing, Mm. just the wealth of reading that you must do yourself uh, to incorporate a lot of the information into these books. I do. I, I've ever since I was a kid, I've read five or six books a week, and uh, you know, it, it is. It's a lot of research, but I seem to have kind of come up with a method to the madness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was figuring out a way to just sort of. Because see, I'm I'm not a PhD, so I figure if I can understand it, then I've achieved the goal. So that's what I set out to do. And I knew uh, I knew we were in for something special from your from your writing career when you were getting involved in things like quantum mechanics, and I uh, could actually read them and understand what you were talking about. Sort of. <laughs> well, again, I mean, the basic concepts and theories are are pretty simple. It's when you start getting into all the mathematics behind it and mm-hmm. the, the the deep physics, as they call it, um, that hurts my head. And I have to really, really read that stuff, you know, over and over and over again. Luckily, my dad is a, a geophysicist, he has a background in physics, and I was always able to sort of run things by him. But the, the stuff that I present, I try to stay with the more simple um, theories, the more simple ideas, without getting so deep that I can't figure out what it is I'm trying to say, and therefore the person reading the book isn't going to be able to figure it out either. Well, you mentioned your, your father, a geophysicist, Dr. John M. Savino, and I was going to ask you, uh, when you were growing up, what was the conversation like at the dinner table? I mean, did you talk a lot about some of the things that you write about today? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, <laughs> when I was really little, probably about seven years old, my dad, you know, the lofty scientist, was sitting at the table telling us all how at one point we were all, you know, the land that we lived on was all underwater. So the next day I went out and dug a six-foot hole in the backyard to look for fossils because I figured, well, there's got to be seashell fossils down there. And lo and behold, I came out of it with a huge jar full of fossils. 
And I told my dad, you should be really careful what you say at the dinner table because <laughs> I'll go, you know, I'll, you tell me it's there, I'll go look for it. Uh, but what's really interesting is um, he was really into UFOs. And, you know, you can't really talk about this kind of stuff in the halls of academia, but he would have a lot of his colleagues over for beer and to play cards or whatever. And this is when I was really little. I would sit under the table and listen to these, you know, you have astrophysicists and seismologists and geophysicists and oceanographers talking about UFOs while they were playing cards. And I just, that to me was always just so mind-blowing that here are these scientists that are really not allowed at the time to talk about that, and yet that was one of their big fascinations. And it's interesting, too, that, uh, you know, it was it was kind of that dark secret amongst that crowd where, you know, it's if, if you're a scientist and if it's something that you are serious about, if, if your life is based on scientific exploration, then how can you turn away from something like UFOs? They don't, believe it or not. I mean, a lot of people have this stereotype of scientists as being very rigid and not accepting of these ideas, but the thing is, is that they are, they just, up until now, now things are different, but at that time, you just did it in your personal life. You kept it out of your professional life, but now you've got physicists writing books about time travel and, you know, wormholes and vortices, and it's becoming so much more acceptable for scientists to talk about this kind of stuff. Thank God. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, a lot of them are relieved. They get to, like, come out of the closet. Let me tell you, it isn't fully accepted yet coming not from yet. A, coming from a scientist by trade. Yeah, trust me, yeah. it's not. But it's funny because the one thing that I saw that really allowed scientists to, to have a little bit more of a voice in that arena is books. The fact that you have physicists that were publishing books about, you know, F. David Peat, one of the classics, he lived with the Blackfoot uh, Indians for a while to study their cosmology and realize that their world beliefs very much matched those of, of our cosmic and quantum physics. And, you know, the, it, that's the kind of book, book that you're allowed to write, whereas when you're teaching or if you're a professor, you can't talk about that stuff. So books have really allowed people like Michio Kaku to talk about different types of alien civilizations that may be out there visiting us. It, it, it is funny when you look at it, and if you look at kind of an overarching uh, approach to it, instead of getting into the minutia of it, but the same crowd that will uh, praise the work of Dr. Kaku will crap all over the work of a guy like Eric Von Daniken when they're kind of almost saying the same things. They are. Yeah, they are. It, of course, it's, you know, when one of your own is saying it, you're going to buy into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely changing. I mean, there's so much data, <laughs> information, that you can't sweep it under the rug. I mean, there are millions of UFO sightings. There are millions of ghosts and apparitions that are reported, near-death experiences, psychic phenomena, and remote viewing. A real scientist would not deny that. They may say, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that I know what it is until we get more proof, but they are not going to deny its existence unless they're just really, you know, rigid skeptics. And you don't have to be a scientist to be one of those. Sure. Yeah, those are actually called cynics. Yeah, exactly. If I can't prove it, then it doesn't exist. That, that snotty attitude, you know. Well, you know, growing up in, in, that, uh, in that environment, 
Uh, what what was the thought of your dad and some of his colleagues when you decided to follow this career path and start writing about some of these topics? Well, I've been writing ever since I was a kid. I've been publishing since I was a teenager. Um, I started out writing science fiction short stories. I really wanted to be a novelist. I wrote screenplays when I was in my 20s. I was constantly publishing. I did movie and reviews in L.A. for years, and um, I kind of stumbled into nonfiction about 10 years ago almost by accident. And my first book was actually Spiritual Commentary. My second book was Science, which was really the book that launched this part of my career. And when I wrote it, my agent said, you will never sell this book. And she said it very lovingly. I mean, she just said, you're not a Ph.D. You're writing a book about quantum physics and the paranormal. You are not going to be able to sell this book. And yet we sold it. I said, yeah, yes, I am. I believe in it. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not stupid. You know, I'm not claiming to be something I'm not. That really launched everything for me. And it was really fun because I got to go back and say to my dad, hey, let's write a book together. And we wrote Super Volcano together. We were going to write another book, but he came uh, down with ALS, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, Mm -hmm. and is very, very ill, uh, terminally ill. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And it was really sad because we had uh, hoped to write a book about megaquakes as a sort of follow-up to Super Volcano. But, yeah, just nonfiction just sort of happened by accident, but it's been a real fortunate accident. Well, was it an accident? Or was it destiny? Yeah, it was destiny. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's funny because, again, when I was very young, two, three years old, I knew I was going to be a writer. I mean, I just, I grew up with a sense of destiny. I've always known that what I was put here to do, um, a lot of people don't have that, that luxury, um, but I do. And yet at the same time, I know that I've made choices, good and bad, uh, along the way, probably for the first half of my life, more bad than good choices. Uh, But that's what led to writing this book, because this was a debate that I had been having in my life, and one that a lot of my readers said they really wanted to see me sort of take on. So I'm having a little bit of an issue with my headphones. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, uh, the the interesting thing about uh, following this path uh, in my eyes, is that as you're doing it, you kind of have to make your own decisions about what you believe to some degree, but you get the opportunity to learn and to try out uh, new approaches, new ideas, and and bring in new ways of thinking to your own set of beliefs as you're researching it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the fun of it. Is it's you know Half of it is acting like a reporter where you're presenting information that's already there. The other half of it is... is playing around with those, that information and coming up with your own ideas about it and seeing if you could take it one step further. And I, that's what I love to do. That's what I love about nonfiction. You know, my heart really is in all writing. I, I love fiction. I'm actually now transitioning back to a lot of it. But I love the idea that there you can gather up information, put it in a book, and give it to someone, and they can get this real well-rounded examination of a subject matter that might have taken them months to go look for everything that, you know, you put in that one book. And so I think I'm saving people a lot of time and money here. When, when you were putting <laughs> together this book, Destiny versus Choice, did you have a, a belief system in your own mind about the path that we follow in our lives? Did you think that we are following a, a greater power or if we are just a product of our own free will? 
I already kind of knew personally what worked for me, what I thought, what I felt. You know, nobody can prove it, but for me, my subjective experience, I knew going into the book. But what I wanted to see if, if, is if I was the oddball and if everybody else had similar ideas, extreme ideas. And I really did find uh, all kinds of ideas from one extreme to the other from people who absolutely think their life is laid out before them and they have no choice. And that's usually the more fundamentalist um, religious people have a, a real strong belief in you know, a God-given fate you are ordained a particular life, and that's what you're going to live. And, and at the other extreme, you've got people that have no sense of a uh, intelligent design or any kind of higher wisdom behind their life plan, and that they're winging it and making it up as they go along. Uh, but it seems like the vast majority of people really fall somewhere in between those two extremes. And I'm sort of right in the middle, maybe leaning a little bit more towards destiny because, I, it's, again, it's something that's been very prevalent in my own life. Well, you mentioned, uh, especially in the beginning of the book, you talk about some of the different schools of thought, some of the different philosophies uh, of whether or not we are following this path. And I almost wonder if as more and more of these schools of thoughts are looked at, if you find ways to kind of make your own life fit into one way or another, if you kind of look at it with hindsight being twenty twenty and saying, okay, you know, this makes sense to me because this is how my life has been, but I reserve the right to tweak it <laughs> and to add things in as things pop up. But, you know, we can all believe that uh, it, it just seems almost like a cop-out in some ways to say, okay, there is a great plan that we follow, but part of that great plan is for us to have free will. You, you just nailed the philosophical debate on its head. <laughs> because when I was researching the philosophy angle, I was just, I mean, it is, so frustrating how these people get so nitpicky <laughs> about it, and they categorize and then they subcategorize. I mean, there's like 20 different kinds of determinism, and it's absolutely what you said. It's tweaking a concept to make it fit your own personal worldview, and hey, if it works for you, fine. Um, I had to try to stay objective, but it was really hard because, again, I have such a strong uh of what's going on in my own life, I cannot necessarily apply that to every single person I meet. So that's why I interviewed a lot of people, and I had people send in stories. I really wanted to see if my experience was unique or if there was some universality behind it. And that you're absolutely right. Even with religion, you'll find a simple concept broken down into 2,000 different little subcategories because somebody was trying to nudge it more towards their worldview and then this guy came along and nudged it towards his and it, yeah it's very frustrating uh, what were the beliefs i mean historically speaking you know now we're in the days of monotheism where we have basically most religions believe that we have one supreme being that that guides our lives in some way uh but what what was the outlook on free will back in the days when they looked at everything as being controlled by a different god or a different demigod. Uh, you know, so much of everything was controlled by the whims of some not-so-great, you know, gods. If you look back at them, you know, some of the stories that they tell, they weren't really great intelligent beings. They were kind of jerks. They were kind of nasty. Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, is that, you know, like, for example, the Bible, because it's something, obviously, we all know, going through the Old and New Testament, you will find 
quotes and passages that refer to fate, destiny, a sense of, um, you know, God having a, an, a plan for you, and you must do this, you must do that. And then you'll find just as many referring to choice, free will. Even in the story of Christ, you have a man who knew his destiny and yet wavered at times um, as to whether he was going to make the choice to fulfill it, which he ultimately did. So, And every religion is like this. Now, there are denominations of each, definitely with the Western traditions, that are very extreme. And again, more fundamentalist they are, the more firm they are that it is God telling you what to do. You listen, you pay attention, you do not have any free will. And, and those kind of people, I think, live a very rigid, boxed-in, miserable life. And we all know some of these people. Um, but in general, I think as the religions evolved, they knew like the philosophers, that they had to keep tweaking things to adjust to people's actual personal experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's why in the later teachings, you know, things sort of eased up a bit, and now when you go into a Christian church, unless, again, it's a very fundamentalist church, you know, you'll hear a, a preacher or minister, whatever you want to call it, talk about God's will and what God would like for you to do and, and you know, morals and values, and yet... You get the choice when you leave that building to go out there and live your life accordingly or to, you know, do your own thing. Well, and, and when you look at some of the, uh, just our own history, you look at the fact that when the English first came over here, you know, you had the very Puritan ethic, uh, as we know here in Massachusetts very well. Some of it's still around. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you had this very Puritan ethic where people believed that they were servants of God and they had to follow God's will almost to the letter. But then as the idea of democracy comes about, political democracy, oh, right. we're, we're allowed to have our own choice and freedom. Then you see the religion start to reflect that back because it's almost like people, as they become free politically, they kind of say, well, wait a minute, why is the church holding me back so much if you know I'm supposed to be able to live my life this way? And then they kind of have to bend the rules and say, oh, yeah, right. God, God kind of wants you to do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. As we progress in different ways, whether it be politically or you know, society or just culture. Well, traditions change, they evolve, some of them are cast aside and new ones are put in place, and definitely this debate had to be tweaked accordingly. So, you know, I just think when people were so unhappy living within the confines of a God that tells you what to do, they were probably sinning behind God's back anyway. Yeah. But you know, eventually they wanted to make it public and say, look, we can't live this way. We're miserable. We're unhappy. Um, and, yeah, we had to sort of evolve into uh, some more middle ground, I think, between the two. Hey, free will, the best PR move the church ever made. Yeah, there you go. All right, we hey, a, they had to. <laughs> <laughs> we have a call on the Yeah, well, some of them got a little bit too free in their choices, but that's for a different show. <laughs> yeah. All right, we have a call on the line. Uh, good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Marie D. Jones. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. How are you doing, Marie? Hi. Hi, it's Dave Francisco, and how you doing? Hi, good. Um, I had spoken with you in the past, Dan. You know, I've read a ton of your books. Um, just curious, going into this book here, um, while you were researching and, you know, reading up and kind of going through the motions on all the other books, did you kind of find the point, you know, where you were looking at the Destiny versus Trade, did it really kind of hit you while you were doing the work on all the other books? Or was this something that kind of, 
played with you the whole, you know, growing I'll, up and everything. I'll tell you what happened, because this, this is really kind of strange. Um, I finished the last book I did with um, Larry Flaxman. We read a book called The Trinity Secret. And I, my publisher asked me for a solo book. I needed to fulfill another solo book contract. So I'm thinking, mm, you know, what, what should I write about? And I'd always wanted to write about destiny and choice because, like I said, it was always a part of my life. It was always on my mind. And a lot of the other books I was writing, including the Trinity book, alluded to it quite a bit. Well, around that same time, I started getting dozens and dozens of emails, and I am not kidding, of people saying, oh, you know, Marie, when are you going to write about destiny? I really want to know, what is your take on destiny and choice? And I thought, you know what? Hmm, this is not a coincidence. It was just such a serendipitous time, and I thought, darn it, I'm going to pitch this. I pitched it. The publisher jumped on it. I mean, I really didn't even have to do, you know, the usual proposal kind of thing. And it just took off from there, and it felt so right. Like, the timing was absolutely perfect for it. The book was written very quickly, very easily. Um, you know, everything fell into place. So, yeah, I think it was, you know, the signpost along my path said, hey, Marie, it's time to write this book. And did you notice, um, as you are writing that book there, did you start to notice these things popping up in your life even more? Absolutely. Like seeing oh, the differences? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. When you write a book, it all, it's everything intensifies that you're writing about. Um, like when I wrote eleven eleven, I'd never seen the eleven eleven time prompt before, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden I'm seeing time prompts, you know, up the yin yang. But with this, yeah, I just started to become more and more aware. Looking back over my life, how the the uh, pattern played out, how all of the pieces that I never really imagined fell together did fall together. I started looking at all the times that I made choices that were bad that threw me off the path to destiny, and how I paid the price for it emotionally, uh, you know, getting sick or financially or losing amazing opportunities that I still regret. So, yeah, absolutely, it, it really amplifies your awareness of what you're writing about. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to picking this one up. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, well, take care. Stay tuned because uh, we are going to be giving away a copy later on in the show. woo So uh, that's actually uh, it. He's a huge fan. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you know Dave uh, from. I from do. Facebook I do. He's wonderful. Yes. And uh, he's somebody that's been waiting and waiting for us to get you on the show, and I'm glad that we were finally able to do so. <laughs> Woohoo! Just for Dave. <laughs> I just I just feel bad that uh, you know we had to cut it to an hour, but we'll have to have you come back uh, down the line and, and talk more in depth about some of these topics. Well, we will. I've got to actually working on a book on time travel, so that'll oh. be fun to come back and talk about. Absolutely. We haven't done a whole whole lot of shows on that, so uh, it'd yeah. be great if we could time travel to when that's out and talk about We can. We could <laughs> jump to... Did you guys see the news about the um, the research that just came out that may... Out of CERN? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, oh, exciting. Tell listeners what happened. Uh, well, apparently they did some experiments with, uh, I believe it was photons, per- oh no, neutrinos, I'm neutrinos, sorry. Yes. That uh, they actually uh, mapped as tra- traveling faster than light speed. And they were able to do it a couple of times so that they satisfy their, o- their own, uh, you know, they, they don't think it was an anomaly, let's put it that way, but they now have to do peer review. It's got to be repeated, it's got to be duplicated, but just the fact that they may have done it will absolutely turn physics upside down 
it will completely open the door to time travel. There was a study that came out a few months ago that totally nullified time travel. I mean, these guys said there's no way, it's impossible, so this is, like, really exciting. If their peers are able to um, duplicate the experiment. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's something that we haven't really covered a whole lot on the show, mainly because it's one of those topics that when you get into it, you know, you have people that are just down the line one way or another. Exactly. It can happen. No, it can't happen. Yeah, again, another, why do I always pick these, like, huge debates? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Now you just made me think, hmm, maybe I should write about butterflies or something. But, yeah, They have an effect. That's true. (laughs) Butterflies have an effect. Oh, see? (laughs) All right. How about daisies? How about flowers? Well, I'm, I just want you to keep writing about what you've been writing about because you do a great job with it. When you're talking about destiny versus choice, one of the topics that comes up with is the idea of uh, you know the law of attention, the law of intention. You know what a lot of people call the secret. Right. The idea that if you believe uh, hard enough and you you basically wish for something, you can make it happen by putting out that intention. Right. And the question that I have with that then, is it your destiny to want that? And does it come to you because it was preordained or is it free will? Are you making that choice? It's The whole idea of the secret is something that when you look at it, it makes all the sense in the world and it makes no sense at all. It does. And it also... Uh brings in the, uh, the differences between what goes on at the cosmic level and what goes on at the quantum level. When I wanted to look at the science behind destiny and free will, you know, cosmically we've got these laws. Well, <laughs> we may be ready to overturn one of the biggest ones, but there appear to be laws that the universe follows in order for galaxies and stars and planets to form and the, the chemical balances to be right for life on Earth, blah, blah, blah. We've got laws of motion, thermodynamics, gravity, what, you know, et cetera, et cetera. At the quantum level, though, it's all about probability and potentiality, where nothing exists in physical form until it's observed into a fixed physical state. Where the secret comes in, where this, the idea of law of attraction and the use of intention, which really is just extremely focused, repetitive, thought, you know, backed by emotional power and belief um, to manifest something in physical reality, plays into that quantum world there where there's nothing unless you observe it into reality. So are we using intention to create reality as we go along? Now, where destiny might play into that, in my opinion, is you still may have a blueprint that you either came into the world with, because, you know, there's a lot of belief that we have lived before and will live again, and we plan out our lives in advance. So there still may be a blueprint operating, but you're using intention, you're using the secret, quote-unquote, to operate however you may want within the structure or framework of that blueprint. You still have quite a bit of choice. Mm -hmm. You can go from room to room, you can move furniture around, you know, you can decide to put the bathroom on the first floor instead of the second floor, but you still have got that basic blueprint. So even at the quantum level, there may be a field of potentiality that is fixed, but we are deciding with choice what we want to observe from it into a physical form. It's When you look at it, you have to decide in your own mind when you want to 
pick one side or the other? Or you do, yeah, you do. And you have to look though. How deep do you have to go into what is destined or what is something that's a free? I mean, obviously, if you make a major life change, then that's something you have to look at. Of is that my free will or is that my destiny? But is it a matter of because we know that every little thing that we do during the course of the day affects somebody else's day and affects somebody else's life exactly, path? Exactly right. We're all connected. We're entangled. Is every little thing, like if I decide to wake up at 3 in the morning and actually uh, get up and get a cold glass of water instead of drinking the warm one on my nightstand, (laughs) you know, is that my free will or is that was I destined to get up? I mean, I guess it's only, you only really can answer that if when you get up something catastrophic happens. Well, and also the problem with this argument and the reason why it's gone on for thousands of years and will continue long after this book comes and goes is because there's one thing missing from the equation, and that is called first cause. And some people might refer to that as God, creation, whatever. We do not know for certain how we got here, who put us here or what put us here. Um, the, The first second of creation, was there a motive? Was there an agenda? Or was it just total random chaos? No point to it, no purpose, no madness, method to the madness. If we knew first cause, we would then know the entire chain of cause and effect that leads us to do everything we do. We would know if there's a motive behind it, which would lean towards destiny, or if there was no motive, which would lean totally towards free will. Now, not knowing first cause, yeah, we got to go a little bit on faith and on what feels right so if you were to get up in the morning and make a particular choice, it may be totally trivial. Uh, it may not be that every single little thing we do is, you know, part of that blueprint. It's part of the maneuvering room, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the bigger choices of who you marry, you know, your career goals, um, whether you choose to take one freeway or another because one might be, uh, there might be a terrorist act on that. I think it's the bigger choices that, sort of shape our destiny, whereas the really teeny tiny minutia of life may not have any effect at all. And I'm saying may, because like you said, every little thing we do could matter. But, you know, damn it, unless we know what the intention was of first cause, we have to go a little bit on faith. And I think a lot of people go on gut instinct or intuition where they feel my life has a sense of destiny. I'm going to align myself with it because I know that when I make choices that go with it, I'm happier, I'm more prosperous, I'm more successful, my relationships are better. When I make choices that go against it, I feel like crap. And I think that's a real good indicator that you can use without getting into that real heady um, argument of, of is every little thing I do pre-planned or you know, do I have to choose every little thing and be really aware of what I'm doing? because it will make you crazy. Oh, well, you'll be overanalyzing every little decision. And sometimes, you know, people will say, a lot of the Eastern traditions talk about taking the middle road, uh, detaching from outcome, and going with the flow. And it sounds very new agey, but it's actually quite wise, because what it's basically telling you to do is just chill out and, you know, make choices based on what you feel compelled or inspired to do, because chances are that's going to lead you towards whatever purpose you may have. Well, we have with us in in the studio, we have uh, spirit medium Tiffany Rice and we have uh, Stephanie Burke, and they both have abilities. They both have, uh, you know, they're able to make these communications. 
And I, I kind of want to get their take on some of this because you're being told messages from people mm-hmm. or getting you know impressions of what's happening in the future. In your minds, I mean, how does this play out if we have this free will, but also we're destined to see you know the future that you're seeing? Well. Hi, Marie. How are you? Hi. Great. <laughs> Glad to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I, I am, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just going to wing it, huh? <laughs> um, well, basically, and I'm not sure if this is going to answer the question or just be a roundabout way, but, uh, Marie, I know she brought up a lot of um, pretty much in- – we're talking a lot about intentions and power of intent and, and pretty much manifesting what you want out of life um, by the power of your intent. And I agree with you as far as that goes because it's – it's true. If you if you want something, you set your intentions, and it usually starts to manifest itself. Um, and it's it's been proven to be very powerful, very very powerful. Right. Um, as far as you know, it, is it your choice for that intention? I believe it is. I don't know. I don't know what you have to say, Steph. But um, I, I don't know if you want to add or anything. But I believe that um, if it's your power of intent is your is your choice. Right. You can choose to intend something or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe in that, too. But I tell people all the time, and I'm sure you do, too, when you give readings, that everything that we're telling you can change tomorrow by your free will. Right. Like, so you're, so you're at the, it's like you're giving a template right. that, that can be um, expressed or they can choose not to or they can choose to express certain parts of the template that you're giving them. And I found that to be with us astrologers and tarot readers, I was really surprised that I thought they were going to be very rigid and say, well, no, no, your stars say this. Or, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you go to a psychic and they say, well, I see this happening and there's no way you're going to get out of it. But I was really surprised at the, um, the flexibility. Again, it's almost as if we're looking at a potential destiny, but you have the choice as to whether or not you want to go there or go somewhere else? I mean, would you say that's kind of... I, I agree. Um, you had mentioned blueprints. Mm-hmm. And even even with readings, I do, for some reason, I always pick up on a lot of um, um, fertility-type issues. For whatever reason, I, I do. And um, usually I say, okay, you know what? I think in a couple of months I definitely see... I don't know if you're trying to have kids or not, but I'm definitely seeing there's like a there's a little girl in your future because I'm just getting that sense. Right, so, right. And I feel like I'm almost getting it from a whether it's a spirit or if it's just my straight out into you know intuition. Mm-hmm. I feel that um, it does come from some. There has to be some sort of blueprint. Right, and I think it's like you know I mean scientists refer to it as the zero point field. Uh, the ether, we've heard all these names for this field of information Mm -hmm. that has the past, present, and future embedded in it. And I believe remote viewers, psychics, clairvoyants, I believe people tap into that information. Some obviously have the gift more than others. So you may be seeing that information in the field, but it's still up to that person as to whether or not they're going to take it and run with it. Absolutely. Right, or the information that we're giving them, does that completely change their so-called destiny? Or it's hard to tell because how is our information, like is that what they need to know and that's going to put them on a certain path? Or if they don't choose to take that information, does that put them on a different path? Which one is the destiny? You know, uh, this is such a, I mean, it's just such a, big argument that has, or debate, I don't like to say argument, um, that has so many different trajectories that you can go off in, but it, 
you know, it could be that our destinies are what we are supposed to aspire to in this particular incarnation, and we, we may do that. We may not. And, you know, the idea of reincarnation and of the karmic wheel and having to come back and repeat lessons until you get them right, maybe that is part of it, that if, let's say, I mean, I'll use my own self as an example. My destiny has always been to express myself with a written word. I really, truly have believed that since I was young. Now, I could choose tomorrow to go become a carpet cleaner, um, or I could have chosen that 20 years ago and not fulfilled my destiny. I still would have probably had a decent life, but I may not have fulfilled the destiny that was given to me for this particular incarnation, and maybe I might get another chance to do it again. Um, But what I've found is that people that, if you give someone information and they don't run with it, I, I think they're going to regret it later, because I really think what you're doing is providing them with little signposts of their blueprint, or their path, and and if they don't take them, maybe they would have those regrets, you know, later in life that they never followed the signs. Well, you also brought up Marie. Um, sorry, Tim. No, no. <laughs> the girls have it. You know, Marie, we we brought them in to promote a psychic fair, and now they're pondering the mysteries of life. That's what happens on this show. Because, yeah, everyone wants to know: Can these people tell us what our blueprint is? And, and do, you know, is that it? Are we going to get hit by a bus next Tuesday? And there's no choice. I know it, it's it's crazy, but you brought up you know you just have to be aware. You have to be aware of certain signs that are around you, and, and I right. I always say the same things whenever time I give somebody a reading. I always say, just be aware. There's constant signs that are being pretty much, re- they're pretty much right in your face. You just have to, instead of chalking it up as everything's coincidental, just notice that it's probably a sign, whether it's from a loved one in spirit, which is what I mm-hmm. deal with, or if it's just a pretty much in your face sign. I, I right. get angel signs all the time, you know, certain angel numbers like four, 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 yeah. or. Right. Or it's funny when you tell people to be aware of the signs, they never were before until after they leave. And then they're emailing you and calling you, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You know, it's their choice to take that information and run with it. But I think it's pretty cool when you are aware of it. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because, like you said, those signs are there. They've always been there. We're Mm -hmm. so distracted by everything else going on in our lives. Can you only imagine how many times people pass a very important signpost that they should have paid attention to, whether it's a synchronistic meeting or... You know, just whatever, some kind of sign. And an, an, <laughs> another thing is, is I'm always promoting this. If if you just stay true to yourself and tr- stay true to who you are, mm-hmm. then those signs, <laughs> you'll be a little bit more aware of the signs. And um, just like you had mentioned, say if you went in, did you use the example of being a carpenter? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Instead of, um, you know, being... I would be terrible because I'm exactly. so clumsy. Um, me too. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely think that you'd also have that yearning to yes. to be who you really want to be, which right. is, you know, an author. And right. um, a great author that I hear that too, right? You know, that's really funny because uh, somebody asked me once, you know, well, what is destiny? And all of a sudden the word authenticity popped into my head at the time. And I really think that that is a way that, you know, if you're living authentically, you're on your path to destiny. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You're doing yeah, what you, you should You need do. to bring her in. Why are we talking her on the phone? <laughs> no, she, lives, awesome. she lives far away. Where, where are you guys? I'm in Southern California. Oh, uh, well, why don't we just go to Southern okay, California? You come let's go. here. We'll do <laughs> we'll a go show there. on the beach. Yeah, let's go do a show on the beach. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Mo- Moniz, you had a question? 
Well, it wasn't a question. It's an observation. Now, normally, I'm, like I said, I'm a scientist by trade, but I, one of my hobbies is art. And I, I, I looked at destiny and choice in this way. Mm-hmm. Your life is your destiny, and that is the canvas. Your actions are the brush strokes that you put upon it. Love it, love it. You're He's so good with words. But you know, those kind of visual analogies are really great because it helps people grasp this very frustrating concept of, oh my God, you know, how much of this is, is set in stone and what am I throwing into the mix there? But and, the and, destiny, and, and, if, oh, sorry ahead. to interrupt, but the destiny is the final picture that you paint with your life. Right, right. And it could be very well, and again, because we don't know first cause and what the motive was for our actually being here. We could literally be creating our destiny with every choice that we make. And that is another very popular uh, belief when it comes to destiny and choice, that every choice, every action builds our character, and our character becomes our destiny. Exactly. But I love that that idea of a blank canvas. Yeah, and every choice you make is the the brushstroke, the, the color, that, and right. the, the final outcome is the picture that you made of your life. Absolutely. The only <laughs> hang-up on that is if there is this first cause this greater being this this god figure well who do you think is looking at the gallery i was gonna say maybe he's giving you a color by numbers that could be the way <laughs> with my life it's salvador dolly right you know, i but. could ever paint i have no artistic talent but the paint by numbers oh i was good at those <laughs> if, it's, if it's one thing we can do here marie it's stretch an analogy until it's dead <laughs> And I think we've done that. And then check its afterlife. I know. I'm going to have a picture of a blank canvas in my head all night with paint being thrown at it. Hey, you know, it worked for Gallagher. He built a whole act on that. There you go. Yes, that and smashing watermelons with a, a, what, a bludgeon? Yeah. You have my permission to steal it. (laughs) I I probably will use it. You watch. Okay. Well, we are coming up on the end of the show, I'm sorry to say. Oh, my gosh. That was quick. I know, but we we definitely want to have you back because we can touch upon your new works coming up and, and some of your other books as well. Anytime. If, Anytime. If, if you don't know Marie's works, then you have to go to mariedjones.com, which is linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com, and find out some of her other titles. Uh, De- Destiny vs. Choice is the, the current one, along with The Trinity Secret. The Deja Vu Enigma, The Resonance Key, 1111, The Time Prompt Phenomenon, 2013, The End of Days, or A New Beginning, Science, of course, and that's PSI, at the beginning of science, which you probably got a lot of flack from both sides of the end for combining those two words together. You know, you know the flack that I got was nobody knew how to pronounce it. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's sci, science, and oh my gosh, P-science, P-science. Oh, that was the flack. And I told my publisher, I said, I love the way this word looks, but you watch. Nobody's going to know how to pronounce it. All, all I could think of was the uh, the old uh, episode of the Golden Girls, where the guy was named uh, Pfeiffer, but he pronounced it Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, there you go. Estelle Getty asked him, hey, Pfeiffer, you want to punch in your face? <laughs> so anyway. Whatever works, you know. I always leave on a Golden Girls joke. That's my radio rule. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Love the Golden Girls. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Marie. And uh, we look forward to talking to you more in the future and also reading your future works. Absolutely. All right. Thank take care. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Marie D. Jones. Again, the book is called Destiny Versus Choice, The Scientific and Spiritual Evidence Behind Fate and Free Will. You can get it from her website, mariedjones.com. And, of course, you can get it from – are we going to put it up in the spooky store, Matt? If it's not already, all right. So you can get it from the Spooky Store. That'll help us out if you can go to the store on SpookySouthCoast.com and make all your paranormal purchases through there. And uh, speaking of books, Ghosts of the South Coast, we'll have copies. 
tomorrow at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. Signed copies that you can purchase. Twenty dollars. We'll have T-shirts for twenty dollars. Uh, bumper stickers for twenty dollars. No, right, I tried. <laughs> we'll have plenty of free bumper stickers for the kids, and uh, of course, a, a great lineup of guests. Uh, so that's eleven to seven tomorrow at the Seaport Inn and Marina here in Fairhaven, one ten Middle Street. You can also go to SC Paranormal Fair. That's with an E dot com for more information. We gave away the tickets earlier in the show for that, but now we have Marie D. Jones' book, Destiny vs. Choice, to give away. So when we go off the air, uh, the first caller at 508 996 1-877-996-1420, you will win that copy of the book. And uh, next week we'll be back. We'll be talking with Andrew Lake, whose new book is called Ghost Hunting Southern New England. Yep. And uh, he's really really researched a lot of these locations that we talk about on the show a lot and also some ones that you've never heard about so we'll be talking about all that with andrew he was recently a guest on spirit connections with tiffany rice on spooky tv so you can go back in the archives and watch that he's a great guest definitely tune in guys if you if you if you were wondering what to do saturday night definitely Definitely. tune in he is a great friend of the program and a fascinating guy and went ghost hunting with him last night and we actually got an apparition on uh Full Spectrum Digital. So we're going to have to talk to him about that next week, and uh, we'll talk about his book as well. He's going to be at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair, so you can meet him there as well and pick up a copy of the book, get it signed. And uh, if you haven't watched last week's episode of Spirit Connections with the guys from Haunted R.I., you might want to wait until after tomorrow when you get to meet him at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair and then watch, because you might not be able to keep a straight face when you're talking to him. <laughs> that was definitely a giggle fest. But yeah, it was it fun. Was, it, was it, was. Great. it was a great discussion. All right, well, that about does it for this week's show. Again, we'll be back next week with Andrew Lake. I'm not sure about the Red Sox schedule. Are they uh, totally <laughs> in the tank right now? Or Yeah, it looks like there's a very good chance that we're going to have a wide-open October. <laughs> coming up here, which is not a good news for the baseball fans, but good news for the paranormal and the spooky South Coast fans. Uh, and again, one more time, Haunted History Night 2011. Tickets are available at SpookySouthCoast.com. Just $99 for lectures, dinner. Andrew Lake's going to be there. Jeff Belanger's going to be there. I'll be there. Hell, the whole neighborhood will be there. We're going to have uh, your chance to investigate the Fearing Tavern built in 1690, which practically nobody's investigated and then a bunch of other buildings that no one has investigated yet. So for whether you're a seasoned investigator or a newcomer to the field, you want to check that out. Just go to SpookySouthCoast.com. You can click on the Haunted History Night 2011 banner right there as well. So we will be back next Saturday night. Look for us at 1015, and we will talk with you more about the paranormal as we head into our Christmas season, the month of October. So until then, for Matt Moniz, for Matt Costa, for Chris Balzano, for Stephanie Burke, for Tiffany Rice, for everybody that was in the studio, (laughs) even the dog. I didn't even get the dog's name. We want you all to stay spooktacular.